Welcome back, y'all, to episode 174, three, four of the Zachary Wingate podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short form podcast as well as informing, as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen and enjoy the show. Have you guys ever thought about the concept of cognitive ergonomics? Whenever you hear this, it is kind of a new merging technology. I'm sure you've heard of it with Elon Musk's wearables and understanding the purpose of brain cognitive monitoring. Well, what's really interesting about this topic is it was actually a point of conversation or presentation at the Divo's World Economic Forum titled Battle of the Brains by Nita A. Farhani. She is a Duke professor and she runs the Office of uh, Science and Technologies at Duke. And there she was giving a presentation. I'm going to play a little bit of uh, opening skit just to kind of give you an idea of what the context of it was. So first off, a video. Uh, it's going to make you see the future and understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive, and find love. Let's roll. You're in the zone. Even you can't believe how productive you've been. Your memo is finished, your inbox is under control, and you're feeling sharper than you have in a decade. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song. Sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure, your theta brainwave activity decreasing in the temporal regions of your brain. You mentally move the cursor to the left and scroll through your brain data over the past few hours. So there's more to that and you can look it up online. Um, it's called ready for brain transmission and it's about a 30 minute talk going over different things and different capabilities of what it's going to be and within this podcast i'll kind of give you an overview some thoughts of i have about what the new world could look like as it relates to technology but getting into it from this point um yeah so within this information what you're getting is is a new world where companies and organizations are going to be able to monitor your brain waves and with the theta state and looking at different waves to identify where your focus patterns are, are you, are you fatigued, are you working through different concepts and kind of monitoring the employee? Well, the premise of it, first of all, is just understanding how technology is shifting where at some point, you know, we are gonna have, you know, there, there's a lot of investments happening of being able to hook up wearables and then identify different, like a screen being projected and you actually using your finger as the mouse to click and send different thoughts and swiping with, with your mind. Um, and what that kind of leads to is there's right now there's kind of like a technology race to get to the first probably, you know, we remember Google Glass, but that really didn't transmission, but creating a technology that works. Now, what's interesting about this is this presentation is really focusing on the the liberties of cognitive ability. So She's kind of laying out the argument of what it is, and then what she's kind of saying is the the, the potential um, 
proper thing to do on the way forward is creating a laws and governance for monitoring people's cognitive freedoms, being able to take your cognitive brainwaves and identify what you're thinking and then using that against you within the work environment. And what's really interesting is there's a couple things that pop up whenever I hear this, because the first thing is, you know, it feels really intrusive for your potential boss to be monitoring the way you're thinking and kind of the way you're feeling and potentially use it against you. Now, her argument is only using it for two parameters and not the full, which can potentially be used against you. But I mean, that kind of power to look and monitor someone's brainwave willingly is, is, is something that I don't really know if, if it's, if there's, there's that type of self-control ready for it when you're looking at what's going on within your workforce. Now, they're going to be wearables and kind of what she's indicating is they're wearables you put on your ears and it's going to give you the full ability to run through the software of your desktop for their performance to be identified and understanding what you're thinking. Um, to me, I think, I think first of all, like there's, there's a couple of things that come to mind and I don't know why I always think about this, but I think about the term Luddite, which was a group within the UK who kind of was anti-technology whenever they kind of created more of a mechanism approach for factories. So they broke them all in. Luddite was a terminology that was created whenever someone doesn't really want to um, use technology like this. And next is, I don't know why this always comes into my mind, but it's the communist, uh, communist. Um, it's the manifesto of the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski, you know, kind of was a really smart man. He, he was at MIT. He moved out to Montana, lived in a cabin, I think lived on less than $600 a year. And there's kind of where he created the thought of the technology manifesto, if you will, indicating that, you know, there's going to be a point in which humans aren't going to be able to go back and they're going to go too far and they're going to be too aligned with technology. And that's kind of what his manifesto properties were about. And then it kind of goes sideways whenever he wants to start using violence to implement cause and that people need to die, which is it's kind of crazy, but there's like one point in that, which is interesting. And that's how, you know, is there a point where we're kind of looking at Pandora's box whenever we start to identify different technologies to help us with our work environment? But my question is, you know, she's saying that within this kind of concept, her argument is we need to monitor brains for better work, proficiency, safety. You know, if you are a truck driver monitoring your sleep rates, if you are operating heavy machinery, operating it and then identifying if you're overstressed and if you're overstressed, then calming it. But I think in a lot of these work environments, unfortunately, stress is the norm. I mean, you can't get away from stress if you're driving a diesel and, you know, fatigue could potentially happen. But, you know, giving freedoms to a monitoring system and what she's also talking about is giving freedoms to a monitoring system that is then tied to an AI software platform that's going to be able to determine if you're stressed and regulate workflow. I, I, I think that this is a really interesting theory, but I don't think it's possible to implement it on, on this, kind of, this kind of environment because she's also saying that brain signatures are really unique. So people can have different brain signatures and different reactions based on what they're processing that's not normal to the next person. I mean, it's like, you know, I think sometimes what's interesting is, is your brain does operate on different links. If you're in the theta state, you're processing information, how you 
you kind of focus and absorb information, your brain's going to be working through that. And this system and the software could, could use that. But I don't think you're going to, you know, if you could potentially use it, but who wants to roll up in an office where they already own your time? That You know, you are being, you have to present time and money to the organization or the corporation. And on top of that, they want to monitor your brain to determine if you are being safe and functional. You know, it's kind of like, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's giving so much to technology to be like, yeah, monitor my brain as well, you know, of my thinking. You know, I think if you had technology that was monitoring your heart and kind of your health, you know, which we use when we work out with wearables is great. But I, I really don't see it necessarily working to go into a corporation environment where I do see it helping people. And this is something that I think is really interesting is understanding PTSD and trauma. I think if you're using this more to understand brave waves of trauma when people are traumatized and triggered, you know, and how you could potentially be monitoring it and do have a doctor or a monitor monitoring and be like, hey, some stuff came up. I noticed by you're starting to be triggered or identify mental health properties. I think that's where it'd be really interesting, you know, and if you are someone who has issues with mental health or depression or something like that, using it to monitor it that way. Like, I, I don't like this corporate process of monitoring your workflow and then identifying cognitive freedoms to determine what can and can't be done. I don't think the brain should be monitored. I think that is something in itself that is just too much and too far because once you get to that, like I'm saying, Pandora's box, it's like, what's next? You know, it's like, do we really think that if we allow corporations to monitor our brains, that they're going to be able to maintain it and it's going to be governing? There's going to be governance within it. You know, what's really interesting about technology within the country, the United States, is whenever you look at laws and principles set up, um, you know, the House and the Senate, all, they're always behind kind of what the trend is. Kind of look what happened with, you know, on Facebook or Twitter or information like that. And it's really hard for them to kind of monitor the flow of information. So how are you going to monitor what someone can be, you know, kind of taken on and and their brainwaves, you know, it's almost like a hive mentality where it's like you could, you know, you know, who's who's say you couldn't hit a button and then you give that person more focus or you get more out of them, you know. So I don't know. I, I have a lot of a lot of issues with this, you know, and it's kind of going into this point now too. like when we look at chat GPT, you know, chat GPT in itself, Microsoft bought it for one billion dollars. They bet on this software and it's paying off. And now people are potentially calling ChatGPT a Google killer. And Google's doubling down and having to identify where the AI is. So now we're kind of in a weird AI race. So, you know, imagine being in a cognitive brain race where we're trying to determine the best technology to monitor your brain waves. And now you're wearing wearables. And now they're going to make you wear them when you drive because potentially you could be fatigued and people need to know. And it's kind of taking that ability for you to regulate your own self and what you own need. And, it, and, it's, and it's using technology to quote unquote, help you make a better decision or be more safe. And I, I honestly don't think that, you know, monitoring brainwaves is proven to really impact it. She has a few case studies in here, but she's also talking about, um, I Googled it. She's talking about this neurological, this neuron scarf that MIT created, and they created that back in 2005. So there's no, the, so her technology laid out in the argument wasn't really solid. 
it was more coming from a point of ethics. So when, when you look at it, I get the ethical point of corporations and cognitive freedom. But when I look at the practicality of it, I think the practical, the practicality of this technology needs to remain in more of a medicinal area where you're helping people with mental illnesses. You're helping people potentially to with Alzheimer's, I think understanding the brain and what if factors Alzheimer's is is more powerful than anything monitoring the corporate work environment. You know, I experienced this with my father. He had Alzheimer's and he could not remember things in his last days and having conversations with him was really, really tough. And it's like being able to develop technology to help people in their day-to-day lives to me is more relevant and more important than developing technology to identify how to get more out of the worker within a corporate environment. I, I, I don't see the point of that. I think if you are doing leadership, you are working with them, you're building a solid team, you're incentivizing your team, why do you need to monitor their brainwaves? And why do you need to know what they're thinking? Because the, I, I don't understand that. It's like, you know, you're, you should be having principles to hire people based on those criteria. Those criteria are what create a good work environment since the beginning of time and things have gotten done since the beginning of time. It's like they weren't like, monitor, you know, you look at the building of the pyramids, they didn't need to monitor people's brainwaves. Now, mind you, it was a different time period. There was different things going on. But I think that this is kind of a point within technology where we need to be really aware of how this is going to contribute to our children's lives, you know, the next generation. Because you look at the next generation now and and how you give them iPad or you give them technology to self-soothe. But if you're putting a child in a system that's created like this, you know, how are they going to react whenever they have to deal problems or really identify different issues whenever their dopamines and their in their and their chemical state sets in? You know, because that's what really happens. So I think it's it's gonna be interesting to see where this technology goes. I think it's a great talk. You know, I think there's a lot of potential positives out of it. But I do think that, I do think honestly that the American people are always going to choose a level of freedom in their daily life. And this feels like almost like a totalitarian technology takeover of your mind, you know, and who wants that? You know, I think, I think, you know, the question is, would you want to work in a corporate environment? where people are monitoring your thoughts and coming in and be like, hey, Don, you had a kind of a strange thought right there. Is everything okay? Did you fill out those TPS reports? And uh, I'm going to go ahead and need you to come in on Saturday, all right, because that'll be great. 